1: Back on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, John Ledyard from FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting, along with Jeff Cavanaugh. This is the guest. This is the guy right here that I was so excited to get on the show. He is one of the hosts over at 105, 105.3 The Fan, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, and he does the Trust the Tape Podcast with Dane Brugler, one of our favorites on here on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Those guys do amazing work, and he also, most recently, Covering the NFL Draft and the Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic, Dallas, Fort Worth. Jeff, how are you, my man? Thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: I'm great. I'm super excited to be on the show and talk to Trevor. How how are we guys?
1: (laughs) Trevor is currently in a state of (laughs) semi-depression because the Lightning lost, and we're recording this during a time that the Lightning just lost, and um, he is gonna. It's going to have to catch up with us another time. to be
0: on with you, John. of course. great to be on with you, John. Of course.
1: So as the board has fallen so far, in case people are just tuning in, Sam Darnold went number one to the Browns, Saquon Barkley to the Giants, Josh Rosen to the Jets, Bradley Chubb to the Browns, Quentin Nelson to the Broncos, Tremaine Edmonds to the Colts, Derwin James to the Bucks. Harold Landry to the Bears, Mika Fitzpatrick to the Niners, Denzel Ward to the Raiders, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen back-to-back. Dolphins and Bills, Darius Geis to the Redskins, Leighton Vanderash to the Packers, Lamar Jackson to the Cardinals, Roquan Smith to the Ravens, Maurice Hurst to the Chargers, Mike McGlinchey to the Seahawks, and now the Cowboys oh. are on the board. Who'd you want? You wanted Roquan, didn't you?
0: Well, once Roquan got to 16, I would have. we should have canceled whoever was picking because I would have <laughs> traded up. We would have traded up we would have got Roquan Smith. It would have been great. I want to thank whoever picked Lake Van 14, though, because I think the Cowboys might pick him if he makes 19. And I don't want him on my team. So I'm excited that he went to the Packers. Uh, but I, I was kind of interested in McGlinchey,
1: too. Yeah,
0: McGlinchey, I might have taken.
1: Right. I thought you might have, honestly. When when Danny Kelly was making the pick uh, from over the ringer, I, I thought, you know, if he wouldn't take McGlinchey here and he would go with the defensive lineman for Seattle or somebody like that, I thought maybe you would take him. You know, we're going to talk about the offensive line, so let's roll back to the offensive line because there are some interesting thoughts there. I do want to ask you about Le'Hell Collins and the right tackle situation and McGlinchey and left guard and kind of all that fun stuff. But first, you know, Dallas is burning right now, Jeff, and, and it's, a, it's an issue. They're, the wide receiver group here is bad, and they just let go of Des Bryant, and does it become the biggest need on the team right now with all that's going on here and in the, in the holes that they have on this course currently?
0: Uh, I think it's a really... Big bead. The interesting thing is that receiver right now, they already have too many on the roster, even though Des Bryant's not one of them. Because right now, you got, let's see, our starters are Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, and Cole Beasley, which puts us probably in the top 28 in the league with our starting receiving core. And that's right where you want to be, is in the top 28. So you got <laughs> Ryan Switzer, you got Noah Brown, they signed Deontay Thompson for no reason. So they've already got enough or too many. They just right. don't have anybody good. Right. So yeah, a receiver is a pretty darn big need. If this they is, could get yeah,
1: this is basically outdoors, what the Steelers either, really. have at the corner at cornerback every year. The Steelers have a bunch of guys, nobody good at cornerback. So I know your plight here.
0: Well, as a guy who's been doing this tape thing for what about five years to the draft, mm. uh, they probably shouldn't have used a first round pick on a third round player and Artie Burns.
1: Amen. 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 say it say it from the rooftops say it from the rooftops my friend yeah well
0: my team my team does it too but yeah receiver is it's a big need that's why they visited Calvin Ridley as one of their 30 visits DJ Moore is one of their 30 visits Cortland Sutton they did a private workout with like they're doing their due diligence to absolutely be able to take one at 19.
1: Who's your preference out of those guys?
0: I am still a Ridley guy. I do not mind that he can't broad jump or vertical jump because the first time I throw him a jump ball, I need to be fired playing quarterback. He's going to play receiver on the ground, and he's going to do just fine. Yep,
1: yep. I agree with you completely, and it'll be interesting to see where they kind of address that spot. We don't know whether it will be in the first round, obviously. It's not the only need for the Cowboys. Um, Linebacker has been a hot topic. Anthony Hitchens signed away by the Chiefs. Jalen Smith, I thought he started to look better toward the end of last season. Curious to your thoughts on him. We know Sean Lee's great when he's healthy. Big disclaimer, because it hardly ever happens. But how big a need is linebacker? Like you said, you mentioned they may take Vander Esch. Rashawn Evans is still on the board. You know, the other three consensus top linebackers are off the board. Rashawn Evans still here. Is linebacker a big enough need to address it, even with two probable starters on the roster?
0: Yes, because... With Jalen Smith, the weird thing is, so last year they come into the year and you have Sean Lee. I'm just going to talk about the off-ball linebackers, so Mm. not Kyle Wilber, Damian Wilson, whatever. But so you come into the year and you have Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens who are supposed to be your starters. Jalen Smith is supposed to be able to slow roll into this thing, and Justin Durant they call off the couch because he's been here before and to give him depth. Durant is gone. Hitchens is gone. They signed Joe Thomas from Green Bay, who's a jobber. And so they have even less than they did a year ago, and a year ago they found out what they had wasn't enough. Right. So Jalen Smith, when they finally got Lee and Hitchens healthy, Jalen Smith, the last two games of the year, was playing like 25 snaps a game mm-hmm. because they thought, you know, the more we put him out, the more he gets exposed. I'm trying to remember what game was it. Or, oh, it was the Rams game. The Rams game, they realized that Jalen Smith was covering Todd Gurley, so they think they <laughs> threw to him 140 times in a row until the Cowboys changed it. So, I Jalen's an awesome story, and he's an mm-hmm. incredible dude. I want him to be an all-pro. I, I don't think you can bank on him as a starter. Sure. So whether you're going to make him a half-the-time player or whatever they're going to do, they're talking about maybe playing him some strong side linebacker, maybe rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they don't have enough at linebacker. Linebacker is a huge need.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Right. So you've got two big needs there, obvious holes in the roster, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention the secondary. I feel like Dallas has to roll with their guys to an extent in the secondary. I mean, they've spent draft picks on Anthony Brown. They've spent draft picks: Chidobia, Woozy, Jordan Lewis, Byron Jones, Xavier Woods, Kayvon Frazier, Marquez White. At some point, these have to be, you know, they've and, and those picks vary in range. Obviously, some of those guys, third day guys, but Brown, even though being a third day guy, has played a good bit. You know, Woozy looked, Woozy looked good last year. Uh, uh, Jordan Lewis looked, I thought he looked like the best corner they had last year. Uh, Byron Jones is moving to corner uh, is the, is the word on the street anyway. Um, And Xavier Woods had a good year last year too. So lots of young promising pieces in the secondary. Where's the biggest need in this group though? And do you see a need at corner and at safety or is it just at safety with Byron Jones moving? I don't
0: see, they need a body at safety Mm -hmm. is what I would say. I don't think it's a massive need, but that's because uh, the last two years, We've been lucky enough to make six round picks for the Cowboys, and they've both worked out pretty well. Anthony Brown, two years ago, we had a third round guy that got him in the sixth. Mm-hmm. And then Xavier Woods, one of my favorite moments in radio, we're out at the star doing the draft after they had picked Cheeto and Jordan Lewis. And so we're talking to the secondary coach on the air, and uh, I told him, after the interview, I said, all right, now, Xavier Woods is still on the board. That's a third-round player. You guys don't have a pick for a while. Go trade up for him. <laughs> and then they traded up, and they picked Xavier Woods, and he came back in and smiled. And he was like, all right, you're welcome. That's
2: awesome. So, uh,
0: and I think Xavier Woods is a free safety. He had to play uh, nickel corner last year and actually played it pretty well, but I think he's a free safety. So <laughs> I'd give him a shot at it. Jeff Heath is back there, whatever. Kayvon Frazier is a box safety. So I think they're a man short in the room, but I think you can get by starting-wise with what
1: you have. Okay. So it seems like biggest priorities, linebacker, definitely the receiving core. Where else? I know this team has talked about adding a run stuffer. They've liked the guys that they have, three technique-wise. Yo, David Irving, what he can do versatility-wise. Malik Collins still developing, didn't really take the step people hoped he would last year, it seemed like what's the biggest need on the interior defensive line? Is it just getting a big body, a nose guy? You can find those sometimes day two, or do they need like a dynamic, every down type of presence on the inside?
0: We need a fat boy. We need a <laughs> uh, we need a fat athlete. The fat athlete is one of the best things in sports. And like, Malik Collins got screwed last year because they drafted him to be a three technique. Mm-hmm. And they signed Stephen Paya, and Stephen Paya's knees wouldn't even let him practice, much less pe- uh, play. Mm-hmm. So he retires, and then, was it Brian Price, and he's a jobber, and they don't have anybody to play the one technique, so Malik had to slide over there, which let David Irving come be a superstar of the three tech, but it's not really what he's made for. He's right. just a quick get off guy, he's a three technique. So they need a fat boy. Uh, I've got one first round graded fat boy that was a visitor to the Cowboys. One of the 30 visits was Bita Vea. So, yeah, we do need,
1: we're on the market for a fatty. Okay. All right. So where do you f- feel like the value lines up for, you mentioned a couple needs, obviously. So let's say, you know, and there is in this scenario, you know, multiple guys that could fill multiple ones of those needs are on the board. Where do you feel like it's appropriate to go for a guy that, you know, you call him a fat guy, like you're going for a nose stack or you're going for a run stuffer. he can come off the field on passing downs. You know, is it that crucial that you want to address it in round one or would it have to be a situation where. Everybody else in the other positions you mentioned is pretty much off the board in terms of players you like.
0: Yeah, I think it has to line up perfectly where there's a guy that you think is special as the mm-hmm. one technique that's available and you're sort of wiped out on your board. And Vita Vea, is yeah. he that guy? Right. I think he might be. I mean, dude that at that size that moves like that with... I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing. He mm-hmm. kind of knows what he's doing, but right he's now he's there. really just... What he did was just how big strong and athletic he is so i think he can be special and i would consider him at 19 but i do think you can find those tackles later one in any round right and that hasn't worked out real well so far
1: right okay so let's touch on the offensive line then so situation where you've got your center you've got your right guard you've got your left tackle no questions there Layal collins played right tackle last year had his ups and downs for sure but i thought showed really good promise there i would i personally would want to keep him there your thoughts on where Lyle collins should play and based on those thoughts whether it's left guard or right tackle is there anybody on the board you would consider that could play whichever spot you don't want collins at
0: yeah so i think now Lyle collins wants to play right tackle Mm. he has talked about it uh, in the last couple weeks he i think it was instagram today where it was hashtag right side <laughs> keith Lyle collins wants to be a right tackle uh when i look at what the cowboys are doing visit wise i think they're open depending on how the board falls if they have the right guy fall in their lap that they thought was a right tackle in this case i think McGlinchey would be that guy they visited McGlinchey. uh seattle was a bunch of I don't know what we can say on podcasts. They are a bunch of meanie heads, and they (laughs) took him at 18. And so now I don't think the perfect tackle is there. He's my number one tackle. I don't have another first-round tackle. Uh, So I would be leaving Lyle Collins alone and figuring out how we're going to play left guard. But, yeah, there's definitely a need on the offensive line. And not for a guy. There's a need for a starter. Mm -hmm. They signed Cam Fleming, but what do you really want him to do? You gave him, like, a million dollars guaranteed. That's backup money right you want him to be a swing tackle so if tyrant's back locks up you don't give up six sacks to a bum uh in one mm-hmm. game we, we need him to be a swing tackle so we need a saline.
1: right yeah so there's definite needs for dallas no question about it clear-cut needs where they address them how they prioritize them is the key so here we go we're up here at the 19th pick dallas cowboys 2018 nfl draft who you taking for him jeff kavanaugh
0: all right, first, I'm going to call Calvin Ridley on the phone, and I'm going to be like, Calvin, man, I like you. Sorry everybody's hating on you for being old. Uh, I want to pick you, but I'm going to get Anthony Miller or Michael Gallup at 50, so I hope you have a great day, and then I'm going to hang up. And then I'm going to call Vita Veo, and I'm going to be like, Vita, dude, I love fat asses. like what you're doing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're a badass. Hope you have a great career. I'll call you back. And then I'm going to hang up on him then i'm gonna go outside of the cowboys top 30 visits i don't know why they didn't visit this guy Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna make an executive decision to save the franchise (laughs) because you know what if we don't block awesome Dak ain't gonna be awesome if Zeke doesn't get back to five yards carry we ain't winning 12 games and i'm calling isaiah mf and win at georgia and he's playing left guard for me and we're picking him at 19.
1: amen brother amen First of all, a great way to handle things because you never know when something goes wrong with one of those guys, Ridley or Vea, at the place that they're at, and you could acquire them, and you've, you've kept that rapport and that good relationship there, and you've kept the doorway open. I like that. Uh, that's thinking ahead.
0: John, do you really, time out, time out, do you really think that would go over well if you called them <laughs> while you were on the spot and told them you weren't picking them?
1: That'd be possibly <laughs> the worst thing you could do as a general manager. <laughs> yeah, well, screw Seattle.
0: They should have taken win. He's better than the
1: he is better than mc I like both of them a lot, but I I agree that he's better than McGlinchey. And, uh, you know, I think that, man, if wind plugs into that offensive line, all of a sudden that group looks like it did two years ago, and it looks like Ezekiel could be back to – but you're right. If, they, if the running game doesn't get going in Dallas, and the protection for sure, but if they can't rely on the run game, you know, to me, Dak's a good quarterback. But this team, they drafted Elliott. They drafted a running back in the top five and they drafted all these offensive linemen as high as they did because they were trying to build something dominant in terms of what they could do on the ground. And when they got away from that last season, it seemed like there were more issues. So, yes, the receiving core, I think you're right. They they all need help. But to me, this win pick makes Ezekiel Elliott a better player, and it makes your investment that you already put into both you know Tyron and, and Frederick and Martin and Ezekiel Elliott and, to a degree, Dak Prescott. The investment you put into all those guys – this is kind of like a compliment to what you already spent on those spots, don't you think?
0: Yeah. Now all we need you to do out there is everybody, I know that the Cowboys are America's favorite team. I know that everybody loves them and pulls for them real hard. We need you to just pray for Tyron Smith's back. That's all we need you to do. Yes. Because uh, the best to left tackle in the league went healthy. I'm scared. Yeah. I get scared sometimes.
1: No, I so don't. I hear pray you. For Tyron. Yeah it's a big and deal great.
0: and, I'm, and I'm, hope, I'm praying for uh, Rashawn evans to follow you guys
1: okay oh thank you i that that means a lot man I'm, i appreciate that so far yeah. so good so far so good in this mark yeah. i'm he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a stealer he's supposed yeah, to be he is he the lord the lord has spoken upon that situation and, and said it should be such so he is jeff kavanaugh ladies and gentlemen follow him on twitter at jc1053 make sure you give him a follow all kinds of awesome stuff, and he is as entertaining on Twitter as he is on this podcast, and that is saying a lot. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks. When you say JC 1053, it sounds like a really stupid Twitter handle, but the station <laughs> is 1053, so we say JC 1053. It makes more sense. I love yeah. you.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that. You can tell it's been a long, <laughs> long draft process because I already said 105.3, the fan earlier was where you worked. Yeah, and I just straight up well, read where your Twitter handle was.
0: <laughs> we were out there. We were out there tonight watching our I don't know two hundred thirty-fifth to two hundred fortieth players, and about an hour into it, my buddy KT Kevin Turner at KT Fun Tweets. He was like, hey, let's just put the board together. Like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so right. we spent the last couple hours putting our – me, and him, and brought us his little team board together. We're yeah. done with this. It's over.
1: Yeah. Wrap it up. You got to put a bow on it at some point. I'm doing that hopefully over the next couple of days, putting a bow on everything and wrapping up my final grade. So fun part of the process for Sir Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it.
0: No problem, thanks.
1: There he is, Jeff Cavanaugh, ladies and gentlemen, making the pick for the Dallas Cowboys. We got Jeff Risden coming on, taking, laying one down for the Lions, a crucial pick for that organization. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard from FanRag Sports and NDT scouting with you guys. No Trevor today, but don't worry. The Detroit Lions are on the clock and you already know who we were going to the well for. Jeff Risen, our good friend who covers the NFL Draft for At Real GM. uh, Managing editor as well for the Browns Wire and the Texans Wire. And talks about the Lions on ESPN 96.1. Jeff, you cover in, in essence three different teams and the NFL draft, which encompasses all teams. How do you focus your scope when it comes time to talk just about the Lions?
3: You know, uh, it, it sounds cliche, but I, I wear a lot of hats. I I actually physically do change hats when I'm uh, when I'm going through this, so I have a, the right mindset on. It sounds corny, but it, but it works for me.
1: <laughs> That's amazing, unbelievable. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with the Lions today, uh, and a short time to do it. And so let's jump to it. Uh, the Detroit Lions, actually, in my opinion, have a pretty talented roster that has been built up well at some key spots, but there's still some things missing to complete this team, especially in a division like the NFC North with the bears getting better and the Packers getting Rodgers back and the Vikings, arguably the best team in the NFL right now. Where do you see the biggest needs existing on this lines roster?
3: Well, it's interesting. The only, the, technically the only open starting spot on the entire roster uh, is left guard because uh, Travis Swanson is gone they're going to move Graham Glasgow to center, uh, and he start, he was a starting left guard last year. So that's the only like really open position that they need, and and they certainly need a left guard. The biggest need on the team, however, is pass rush. You got Ziggy Ansah who's playing on a, a a franchise tag. The other starter opposite him right now appears to be Anthony Zettel. That's that's not good. Uh, you need something better both in the short and long term <laughs> there. Uh, so pass rush sizzle, uh, defensive tackle would. Uh, an up the an attacking up the field three technique would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That that's a big need as well. They have guys who can fill it now, but uh, you you want to get better there, right? How about the
1: linebacker position? Do they feel like they figured this thing out? They brought in Kennard. They brought in Christian Jones. You're hoping Jared Davis makes the next step. Jalen Reeves may have been flashed. It's been an issue for a long time in Detroit. We know that Leighton Van Der Esch's name has kind of floated around them. Rashawn Evans is still on the board here. Van Der Esch is gone at this point uh, in, in our mock draft simulation. So what do you think about the linebacker position and the, the Lions need to address that in the draft?
3: You know, I, I think they're pretty comfortable with it. Uh, with, with Matt Patricia coming in, there's going to be more situations where there are three and, and possibly even four linebackers on the field at the same time. But uh, the, the, the guys that you mentioned are, are a pretty solid foursome. And, and keep in mind, they also have Miles Killebrew, who is sort of the uh, the hybrid safety linebacker, and they do still like him. He's primarily played as the the, the heavy nickel, but he mm-hmm. he does have some potential there. They, I think they, they feel better about it than I think the national media thinks they right. do. I would be the one that I would trust their linebackers. Right.
1: And with Patricia coming in, you know, you'd expect some things that they did in New England, which a lot of rotation, you know, linebackers fill in certain roles and then coming off the field. And you have a mixture of different talents there. And you mentioned Killebrew. Who could play like that Patrick Chung type of role? They have Glover Quinn, you know. They have some talent, talented safety in the secondary. You know, Darius Slay, Nevin Lawson's back. I know you've kind of think he, you mentioned to me before that you think he's kind of an underrated guy. Jalen Tabor enters his second season. Quandre Diggs is there, and he's I think he moved to safety late last season, right? I mean, is this a pretty, pretty solid secondary group? Do you feel like that needs much addressing early on in the draft?
3: It, no, it is a it is a very solid second year. They're definitely underappreciated. Uh, a lot depends on on Tabor and how much of a step he can take in his second year. They have Jamal Agnew, who was was the he was the Pro Bowl punt returner last year as a rookie. He's also a corner. They they sort of have some promise with him. Uh, Diggs was very good at the strong safety for being a 5'9", 185 and eighty five pound guy. He is the best tackler on the team, regardless of position. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, he proved it last year. So th- yeah. they feel good about, it. they do Glover Quinn is 31, 32 years old. They do need to get somebody in who can eventually take over for him. He is invaluable for this, this team. He he is the guy who calls the defense from, from, you know, the, the safety position, uh, completely underappreciated player around the league. And I, and I even think even in Detroit, I don't think Lions fans really have a great appreciation for just how solid he is. Yeah. He's one of the, the most unsung players in the league. His time is going to be coming up. They do have to plan for the future on that. I I don't think that's what they're going to do with their first round pick, but I do think they're going to bring somebody in that could possibly take over for him at some point.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. I would love to see him in Pittsburgh right now, but I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) Need that single eye free safety type player. How about on the offensive side of the ball, Jeff? I mean, it seems like Trevor and I looked this up one time on the show, and I think you know I'm I'm recalling now kind of what we found, but – we looked up when the last time Detroit finished in the top half of the league in rushing yards per game at the end of the season, and it wasn't. And it was all the way back for for uh, when Barry Sanders was here, and that was the last time they were even in the top 16 teams in the NFL in rushing uh, yards per game at the end of the season. I mean, that is just. I know you. you it's like against. Drafting a running back in the first round is something that us draft pundits were always talking about. Like you know, target the high value positions, especially when you have them of need. It's a luxury to take a running back in the first round, but at number twenty, you're, you're the first round caliber players are starting to come off the board. You know, they're, if somebody falls, obviously jump on them. But do you think that this should be a priority for Detroit? If, if a running back you love, and I don't know who you're high on or who you really like, if a running back you love is on the board, would you love to see Detroit take a running back in the first round, or do you just think it's a bad way to spend your resources
3: i i think with this team i think it's more dependent on the offensive line getting better mm-hmm. uh some some of the fact they, they've tried first round running backs in the past Javid best was was damaged goods unfortunately mm-hmm. there's a lot of second round picks uh that have been invested over the years mikhail Lashore, amir abdullah uh i'm getting depressed now already <laughs> um, I, I think i think day two is a sweet spot for them to take a running back they did bring in lagirrett blunt Mm-hmm. Amir Abdullah is still around. Theo Riddick is one of the best receivers in the league yes. coming out of the backfield. They love him in that role, in the third down role. Their offense was a lot better when he was in it. Uh, he's also the best red zone threat on the team, despite being his size. <laughs> you know, They haven't had a 100-yard rusher since Reggie Bush was on the team right. in his prime. And uh, uh, Some of that is the fact that they just don't hit a, ho- a whole lot of home runs. I do think that the, that a, a home run hitter like a Ronald Jones would be a fantastic addition. Yeah. Uh, Darius Geis, he's gone in this in this mock but uh you know he's a guy that you know can turn it up and make things happen and and nick chubb is another guy that i would be very interested in but just not in the first round i don't think the value is there uh not with with the hole that they have at left guard on the offensive line, and the fact that they are still built to win with Matthew Stafford throwing the football. Right. Yes, it would be great if he got a little more help from his run game, <laughs> but uh, if, if the passing game declines, it doesn't matter what they're running. They could run for 150 a game, and they're still not winning Right. Uh, if they don't keep the passing game in tip-top shape.
1: So speaking of the passing game, last position we'll t- touch on before we get to your pick. The tight end spot. Moving on from Eric Ebron, Luke Wilson's here from over at Seattle. I think he's a solid player. Levine Tuolulu, I hope I said his name right, a blocking tight end from Atlanta comes over. I know Michael Roberts is your guy. He's going to get a shot here too. <laughs> but still, isn't this a tight end group in need of, of an upgrade? And could they potentially look to do that early in the draft?
3: You know, I would like for them to make an upgrade for it. I like the idea of having a, a primary receiving tight end who can catch you more than uh, 30 balls that Wilson will get. I do think Roberts is poised to take a big step in his second season. He caught four passes last year. It wouldn't shock me if he winds up leading their tight end group in targets this year. They they babied their rookies last year uh, for, for better or for worse, and it seems like, the, from, from what I've gathered, the, the organization is high on Michael Roberts' upside. But again, this is a guy who's a 280-pound guy. He's not going to threaten the seam the way Eric Ebron did. Right. And uh, those targets have to go somewhere. I happen to think they're going to spread it out more against their wide receivers. Uh, they still have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Uh, Kenny Galladay was pretty good as a rookie last year. He's a big guy. I think that he'll, he'll get a, a prominent of those targets. TJ Jones actually played quite well. They brought him back somewhat surprisingly. So so the one through four at wide receiver, I think, is where they're going to make up for the the loss of Ebron. I personally would like to see them get a guy. I love Mike Gesicki, uh, not just because he's a fellow volleyball player, but uh, I, I love the idea of him as a, a wide receiver uh, yeah. in a tight end's body. Right. And I think that's something that can work very right. well in the NFC North. Unfortunately, I don't think the Lions share that sentiment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does seem like he'd make a lot of sense in that offense, especially the way they got more aggressive down the field uh, last season as the as the year progressed. But So I agree with you there. If he ends up there, I think it would be a good fit. Okay, so you've established that, that defensive tackle help, edge defender help, and that left guard spot. Those are the key areas of need him let me ask you this before we get to your pick Isaiah Wynn goes off the board one spot before you Jeff Kavanaugh takes him to the Dallas Cowboys would that be a consideration for you maybe not even for the team or, or for the team perhaps as well if he were on the board at this point given the fact that he seems like the next guy after Quentin Nelson and it would fill an immediate need
3: yeah he, he certainly would be I'm not sure that the Lions have him that high right Uh, based on the fact that he is going to be moving positions. But uh, they are certainly looking at at bolstering the left guard spot. Uh, Right now, if the season started, Joe all would be the starter uh he did not play well last year when given the shot mm-hmm. so it, it's certainly something that i would consider there and uh curse you jeff for taking my guy
1: <laughs> that's true yeah he is uh, one of the favorites i think of, of most of us draft pundits in this class but he could slide down the board like you said moving positions and because of the size thing so they might have a shot in him at 20 but in this scenario they don't they've got a couple still deep, i think at least talented offensive linemen on the board Plenty of defensive line talent with Maurice Terce being the only interior guy off the board. And even on the edge, plenty of talent with Bradley Chubb and Harold Landry only being the only guys off the board. So, Jeff, as the general manager of the Detroit Lions, picking number 20 in the 2018 NFL Draft, who is your pick?
3: I am going to take, and, and this sounds contrary to what I've just talked about in bolstering the pass rush, because this guy is not a proven pass rusher yet. Uh, I'm taking Deron Payne from Alabama, the defensive tackle. I think he has the upside to become a much better pass rusher at the pro level than he was at the college level. Uh, I I think the role is a little bit different, and uh, it reunites him playing next to Aishon Robinson, uh, who he essentially took over for. Aishon has never developed as the pass rusher, unfortunately, uh, but he's a very good run anchor, uh, interior presence. I think Payne, when he plays with a guy like that and gets unleashed a little bit, uh, is is asked to to buckle his ears back and, and go more. I think he can, and I, I, I'm i a big fan of his.
1: I felt like when I watched Payne, and you tell me whether you agree or disagree with this assessment, I, I had some definite issues with Payne's game overall, but I thought he was a different mold than the rest of the Alabama interior guys that we've seen, Ashawn Robinson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Jerron Reed, because Payne is actually more explosive and more of an upfield type which is why i'd like the the role that you've drafted him for here because i think he will fill that type of role better than he is a nose that's going to take on double teams and things like that and play really technical keep that pad level low i saw more of a of a developmental type player with a, a good first step and some you know he flashes that swim move end of the year seemed like the light bulb was coming on you see him in that role more than you do in the typical alabama interior defensive line role
3: Uh, Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head right there. I think this is a guy who has a lot of developmental ability as a tackle. And it's weird to say that for a guy coming out of Alabama and, and all the defensive polish that they get. But I really do think that his NFL role is going to be different than his college role. And I think he's going to thrive in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, uh, kind of context for deron Payne when you're evaluating him and something that i've gone back and forth on with his uh, his grade for me because i do think there's more poly- more upside than the rest of the guys but it's also less polish and i worry about him as a run defender but you're right for what the lions need it seems like it definitely fits a role so deron Payne comes off the board to the detroit lions uh, to play next to his old teammate a robinson and they get better on the interior we've got the cincinnati bengals coming up for next but jeff First of all, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Really appreciate you
3: taking the time. My pleasure. Anytime you need me, and uh, go Lions.
1: Thanks, man. Amen to that. Uh, the Bengals are up next on the clock. Uh, we're gonna have. It's gonna be very intriguing because the Bengals pick and then the Bills pick for the second time. So there's gonna be. It's about to get really interesting on the show to see what direction the Bills go after they took Josh Allen with their first pick. So until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.